Hello! Welcome to Why Not Both, the podcast all about how our multiple passions and interests shape our identity and our lives. My name is Pam Schaefer, and I am a musician and therapist in Los Angeles, and I also happen to be your host. This podcast is produced by Laura Studeris, and for this season, we've partnered up with Under the Radar magazine. If you like what you hear, you can hang out with us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at WNB, the podcast. And if you really, really like what you hear, please support us on Patreon. We are under Why Not Both podcast. When you join our Patreon, you get a whole bunch of really cool behind the scenes stuff and you get to chat with us. And that's pretty awesome. Thank you so much for your support. And I hope you enjoy our interviews. For this episode, we were joined by the absolutely inimitable Reggie Watts. I hope you enjoy our chat. Things that have happened so far during podcasts, um, we've encountered leaf blowers, helicopters, and one of my neighbors shot a nail gun through one of the pipes while I was recording. I love it. Just all these people thinking like, you know what? I'm a pretty handy person. I think I'll be able to. <laughs> no. No. Oh. <laughs> You're not. You're not. That's not the way. No. It is not no, I the do. way. <laughs> I do. My dad used to. No, don't start with my dad used to. That's not going to work. No, <laughs> no. I know better. I know better than even though I've like the biggest home improvement I've made is I put up curtains. Like that was as daring as I got. I was just like. <laughs> but you were successful. You were successful. You know, I, I really, I'm looking at them right now and they haven't fallen down yet. So I'm going to count that as a victory. Yeah, I can, I can, I can tell by your vocal tonality that that you accomplished it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> I'm, I'm still. There's like a part of me that like looks at them every day. That is like, is this the day that they fall? Um, but they haven't. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. I love it. It's like an adventure every day. You're like, is it still there? Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. I haven't destroyed my home. <laughs> <laughs> Well, welcome to Why Not Both, where we talk about home improvements and failing internet. It's a really thrilling podcast. Uh, home improvements and failing internet is my favorite show, by the way. So. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Glad you. you're here. <laughs> um, in like the before times, I would often ask people like, what do they do? And what's a better question to ask? Because oftentimes we define ourselves by what we do. And I'm like, is that even a good question? Though now I'm just sort of like, hey, how's stuff? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a, you know, that's, that's, a, that's an honest way. You know, yeah, I guess these times everything's just, uh, you had to change the way everything happens. So I suppose, you know, I don't know, you just got to go with what is making sense in this moment for people. So exactly. I get that. Exactly. Like what, I guess, what's kind of like the landscape of your time during this time that's not time because it's a construct? Mm. I'm, I'm just, I'm shaking. I hope you can hear this. Little yeah, protein wait. shake. ASMR, mm -hmm. <laughs> ASMR mm -hmm. shake. Are you going to whisper about it? Mm -hmm, girl, listen, I just made myself an excellent, an excellent protein shake. I'm going to drink right now. Mm -hmm. mm. Exactly how it was yesterday. Um, now, what have I been doing? I, I guess I've been, um, you know, I don't know. It's like a kind of a lost period, you know? It's like a lot of meandering and wandering um both uh 
mentally and uh and physically i suppose uh it's it's yeah it's weird it's like you know in the beginning when the when when it all first happened we had that hardcore lockdown yeah um i loved it you know i was because I, <laughs> I grew up an only child i require a lot of time by myself and mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. and so i was like yeah i was like playing video games you know eating edibles and yep. you know ordering Postmates and watching stuff and just going, woohoo, you know? Yep. And and of course, like after a month or so, a month and a half or so of that, I was just kind of like, oh, okay. Well, you know, and then when we learned, you know, how long, as it kept going and it got longer and longer. Now I go to work, but you know, we've got all these protocols at the Late Late Show. Yeah, um, which, yeah. You know, which I'm thankful for because I get to I get to be tested twice a week, which is oh, awesome. Wow um and uh and their pcr tests so they're you know they're high quality tests and so that's really nice and you know so but even even though you know we've been going back and uh kind of you know semi-normal like maybe you know 30 percent the normality of doing that show yeah um it's still like i'm i'm grateful to get to go to work for sure i know a lot of people don't have jobs and things like that so i'm i'm very appreciative that, that's the one thing i guess throughout this whole thing no matter how uh you know down i get or melancholic i get for kind of feeling a little you know the existential crisis that all of us have been feeling um you know i, I have to constantly just like remind myself like oh no you're very fortunate you have a job um yeah. you know what you want to do you know you you know you're safe for now you know your mom's safe you know that kind of stuff and and, and just be grateful for that all the time. But at the same time, you know, you're living your life and everything's relative. And if you feel, you know, slightly depressed or melancholic, there's nothing, there's no logical rationalization you can do. You can't rationalize your way out of it. No, so, no. you know, so that's kind of been my time. It's just going between those two things, like, you know, trying to do stuff, you know, like I had a couple pods of friends that, that I was seeing, you know, over the last, I guess, two months or so mm -hmm. but um that it kind of changed because like one of them uh acquired the virus you know everyone else oh. tested ne negative but they got it like after they came back from a trip and we hadn't oh. seen them but everybody got tested so then that kind of like squashed that a little bit you know are um they okay? what's that are they doing okay yeah 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 she she was young she was like 20 six or something like that so she's fine i mean although that's still no guarantee obviously but uh she she's totally fine she just had you know uh, flu mild flu-like symptoms mm -hmm. but um but no she's fine thankfully and i've had you know a few people like in outer rings get it and uh, and you know it's it's just a weird it's it's a weird phenomenon that's that's happening and it's um i think overall it's a good thing uh, because, you know, it causes us to alter our behavior and to kind of reprioritize things and, yes. um, you know, and yeah, so I don't know, it's, that was a long winded answer, but <laughs> that's kind of it. It was all over the place. It basically symbolized, that's totally cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know totally. It's like, people don't want to hear people talk for a long time. It's like, oh no, they do. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that they are keeping you safe at work because that is something that I worry about. Um, like I feel very fortunate that my jobs are all from my home, though it is a bit surreal doing all of the things that I do, like wow. <laughs> in one room essentially. What are um, what are all the things you do, by the way? Oh, um, I'm a musician and I'm a therapist and I'm a podcaster. 
Whoa, a therapist, <laughs> like uh, like a psychological therapist? Yeah, I am a oh, like, wow. marriage and family therapist. So, yeah. Oh, that's rad. You must Thanks. be getting so much business this oh time. Oh my God, it's been... <laughs> Like full disclosure, I started this year with like one associate because when you're licensed, you can then like supervise other people and help them get their hours. I'm like, oh, I want to adopt a baby therapist and help them become a full-fledged therapist. Um, <laughs> and so I, I started that off, but now I have, um, I have four. Um, Whoa. Yeah. One of them I supervised and she got licensed this year. I'm really proud of her because you can only supervise three at a time because um, you go over there right. with them and everything. Um, but since she got licensed, I just adopted a fourth. And so I feel like. <laughs> oh my gosh. You have all, uh, it's a you have lot. all these Tamagotchis. <laughs> yes. I feel like everyone else is like, oh, you know, like I, I decided to like shelter a dog. And I'm like, oh my God, I just like hired more therapists to like help more people because we're all really floundering a lot. <laughs> gosh, that is so cool. I mean, congratulations. That's Thank awesome. Thank you. <laughs> So yeah, that's been, now my living room is my music studio and my therapy office and my, I'm sitting in here podcasting. And it's like, it's very strange because it's all the same room, but I do have uh, different chairs for each of them. So like I, I physically am in a slightly different place. Oh, nice. That's so smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and what do you do? And this, this will be my last of my, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> interested. But, but what, uh, what do you do for music? What's the music thing that um, you do? hilariously a friend of mine was mixing one of my songs on twitch last night he called it um space witch music like and someone, someone on the stream was like wow you're like the millennial enya and i was like oh my god that's the nicest thing someone's ever said to me so you're known <laughs> so you could be called millennia <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> you're like why uh, why have i said this no, I know, I know. <laughs> no that that that's amazing that's so great that's that's right up my alley that's i can't wait i'm definitely after this i'm going to find your music that's amazing oh, oh i was listening to your music last night because i didn't know that you totally did a collab with mark how do you say his na last name i always want to call him mark riblet but that's not his last name <laughs> uh, mcriblet it's back guys um <laughs> No, it's uh, Rebeye. Rebeye. Oh, that sounds yeah. so much fancier than it sounded in my head. Yeah, Mark Rebeye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You heard that little jam that we did. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're going to make more music together. But that was like a long time coming. Like all these people going, Mark Rebeye, if you're Mark Rebeye, you know. And, and then I met him like, uh, I want to say like maybe a year and a half to two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago in New York when I was there. And uh we just kind of hung out. We never played. We just kind of hung out. And we've hung out twice. I went to a show at the Whiskey mm -hmm. that he had. That was really awesome to see him live. And so I met him first in person, like at a hotel lobby. And then we, then the next time was in uh, LA at the Whiskey. And we kind of hung out for a little bit. And he hung out in my house for a little bit once. And then finally, we were like, oh, let's, let's do a jam. You know, let's finally, let's do this. And so I had my studio set up for him. And he walked in and we sat down and it was just instantaneously 100% like, like um, kind of intuitively and uh, psychically locked music. Oh my God. Like we were both hearing the same stuff, you know, because we're both improvisers and we're both yeah. using our looping equipment and we couldn't really, we wanted to sync our loopers so that the, you know, the clocks were synced. 
Mm -hmm. if we were using um, a click track, but we couldn't figure that out in time. So we were just kind of free balling it. So we we're just using his machine. So he was doing the, he was controlling the looping and I was just kind of going through my effects and he would kind of select stuff, you know, oh and, which God. I really would. But yeah, we came up with like crazy shit because he's got his, you know, music that he's interested in. We both love funk and R&B, yeah. so things like that. But, uh, you know, which is like, you know, the foundation for me, um, one of the foundations for me. And then, but then he's also really well versed in modern kind of club music. Um, mm -hmm. And, and I like, I'm more, I guess a little bit more old school, but I, I love techno. Um, and I come from much more of an alternative background, I guess, you know, like, uh, like goth, goth music and, and um, industrial music mm -hmm. and uh, just like darker stuff. But I also like really poppy stuff. I mean, my range is huge, but like, uh, you know, but he comes from, he kind of, comes from a different place and I come from a different place, but we meet in the middle. His mother's French from France. My mother's French from France. He grew up in Texas. I grew up in Montana and uh, we both speak French. Uh -huh. um, we both have a similar, I inspired him to get into this. Um, oh. And uh, it's, it's cool. It's an amazing story. I, I, you know, I really look forward to making some longer form music and I think people are going to really enjoy it. That makes me so happy <laughs> mm. <laughs> when you find someone that makes music in a way that is the way that you make music I don't know how to put it other than that but like when you find someone that when you start collaborating you just get what the other person is doing it feels amazing yeah it's yeah it feels like you're 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 in a you know, like when something is so synchronized and you kind of can't believe it's happening, whether it's, you know, I mean, it happens a lot in art, obviously, like music, you're at a concert and then there's a moment that occurs and like the audience disappears, the performer okay. disappears and you're just feeling, feel seeing uh -huh. something. Uh, uh -huh. um, and in those moments, it feels like to me, it's not really like, oh, the, life is like, or this is so fantastic. This is heightened. It's rather it's the other way. I'm like, oh, this is what reality is. Yeah, it's this very yeah. strange feeling of like everything else falling away and you're like, oh. Yeah, you're like, oh, right. It's almost like, oh, I remember this. <laughs> yeah. you know? it's, it, it's more like, for me, it was more like, oh no, this is the way reality functions. This is the way it's supposed to function. And, yeah. uh, yes. and, and so we have to figure out ways to follow our passions to arrive at those moments, you know? And, uh, and that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of the feeling. I love that. And I love that you two were able to like, I don't know, whenever I connect with another musician, it's like that getting to know each other period sometimes is like critical because if you just hop in a room with someone, even if you've heard what they've played, if you don't have that interpersonal rapport, it can be like a little weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or I'll say, all right, say that again. <laughs> I was like, that went several directions, Pam. Mm, uh, <laughs> It's like getting to know someone a little bit first. Like you were like, well, we met in a hotel lobby and then we were at the whiskey and then we were hanging out at my house. It's like when you start having that interpersonal rapport and then you start playing music together, it can sometimes be like more powerful, at least in my experience, than when you just walk in a room and are like, oh, okay, let's play some music. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think what it does, I think it also depends obviously on, on, on the person. I think in general, that's true. I think like with, with Mark, um, you know, his, because his musician, his, his musicianship is so high, his skill level is so high. Um, and he's got so much attention on him mm -hmm. that it's, it was definitely better for me to meet him that way. 
Got it. than to immediately start jamming with them. I think in the case of like, let's say it's someone who's really amazing and I've heard that they're really good, um, but we just like get into a room and just start playing music. There's there's a high likelihood that it would actually be really fun. You know, like, yeah. we, like we, we just resonate. Um, so really, for, in my experience, it really depends on uh, you know, the, all those factors, like, you know, how much expectation is there? How much, mm -hmm. you know, have mm -hmm. you heard about this entity before you've met this person, as opposed to like, oh, we're auditioning a new bass player today. You know, it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> this person walks in and they just like immediately group with the band and you're like, yeah, you know, that like that can yes, happen. That one, we want that one. <laughs> but, but there's no expectation, you know? Right. So, uh, so it's, and I've definitely been in lots of you know, studio situations where I walk in, but you're, you're right. It does help to have, to meet with someone a little bit, but the, also the scary thing is, is meeting with somebody and hearing from people like, oh, this person's a great musician, but then you start playing music and you're not quite jiving. And that's like oh. the worst feeling. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's so, it's so sad. And I don't, I don't, it has nothing to do with the person. It's not, you know, judgmental. It's just the way yes. it is. Yes. And that's kind of, that can be a bummer. And so I, I do like to know if someone, I like either like to be completely surprised by someone cause I didn't see it coming um, oh. or get to, or, or just have a strong sense based off of what they do that it's gonna be great, you know, to kind of reduce anxiety. But in the end you can't control anything. So what have you. <laughs> well, and that's funny that you were like, yeah, you can't control anything. Cause what I was thinking about as you were talking was that especially with improvising it's so much like almost controlled chaos like you have to have such skill with what you're playing that you can have purpose behind it but also use that purpose to then just go with it and especially when you're playing with someone else I was like what's that balance like between like kind of chaos and control there yeah I mean yeah improvisation is you know I, I, I call, it, call it a cooperative dance with chaos you know, it's, uh, it's, um, you know, it's like, it's an interesting thing. It's really like, it's, it's about listening, you know, like having really, really uh, sensitive ears. And, mm -hmm. um, and when you, you're just constantly listening. So I think like an improvisation, people are great improvisers when we all pick up on the same frequency and, um, you know, we're on a radio dial and we're kind of searching through frequencies and someone's like, oh, I got this one, you know, and then someone might be slightly different frequency, but, they, but they're sympathetic. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. suddenly you start building something and then, then everyone starts seeing, you know, and feeling the thing that wants to come into the world. You know, it's mm -hmm. kind of like channeling, but at least, you know, from my viewpoint, but kind of like channeling, but you're kind of writing, it's like a surfer, you know, it's a stupid analogy. I've never surfed in my life, but, but it, it, it works because it's the perfect analogy in, in that, you know, a surfer is a, is a human um, with this board and, and the ocean. Yep. And, so, you know, it's, and so they're, they're on this devised piece of technology that allows them to stand on the surface of the water but they're completely at the whim of the wave. So they're listening to the wave and the way the, 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 that it's moving and, and how big it's going to be and how powerful it's going to be. And they're just listening through experience and, and, and intuition and they're just riding it. You know, there's no plan necessarily. I mean, they might think, oh, I want to develop this trick or something like that. But other than that, they're, they're just listening to the wave and they're responding to the ocean. And that to me is what improvisation feels like. I think that's a beautiful analogy and I've never surfed either. 
<laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> like, <sighs> I'm on board with that. Oh, you're on board with that? You see what I did? Uh huh. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> How have you been? It's interesting that you're back, you know, kind of back on the show, but also you created this app. And I was thinking, one, how's the app going? Two, how do you improvise when like there's no one else around to improvise with? I also was thinking of that. I was like, how do you do that on your own? Because we were just talking about doing that with Mark. But I'm like, when you're on your own, how are you tapping into that? And also, what are you putting out on the app? Those are like four questions in one. Have fun with that. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, when I'm improv- when I'm improvising uh, by myself, uh, it's a, it's a similar process. I mean, you know, I think that's also one of the reasons why I'm just bringing up Mark as an example because he's he's there's not too many people that do what I do at least um, as visibly, I guess. Mm-hmm. I know that there are other loopers, you know, out there doing really amazing stuff, and and you know, people like KT Tunstall and. Uh, uh, He's the red-haired guy that's always that's huge in England. Um, I forget his name. Oh, Ed. Ed, Ed Sheeran. No, Ed Sheeran. Yes. That one so, um, follows me everywhere, and I don't understand it. What is it? It has like that, like kind of almost marimba line at the beginning. And oh. It, and I hear it everywhere, oh. and I have for years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah i know yeah i mean it it makes sense you know but but he he started as a you know looper guy too so i mean it's it's been around it's like a street musician favorite um and have you ever seen moses sumney play with his loop pedal because that is oh my god beautiful oh no i haven't (gasps) yeah you know the the i know moses sumney um because he's a he's a friend of my drummer uh, guillermo um and uh i've yet to really delve into his music but he's pretty he's a force to be reckoned with for sure um i think uh you know it's like looping for me like when it's when when i first heard it it was a solo with my um my teacher jay clayton she used to use a digitech 16 second looper or mm-hmm. delay um that also had a looping function mm-hmm. and she would but it wasn't true looping it was kind of like it would keep things as you're layering them but mm-hmm. they would slowly fade away. Oh, uh, the original things would fade away. So you kind of like build on top, and it would fade away. And uh, and so I f- saw her doing, it and she was just doing like kind of vocal tonality stuff, like weird like harmonization and like kind of like really dissonant harmon- harmonizations and things like that. Oh. Um, and it was really amazing and very artsy and cool. And then then I started seeing musicians using that would have been like like nineteen ninety three or ninety four or something like that. And then I saw. Uh, then people started using the boomerang, mm-hmm. uh, and which had a looping function in it as well, and uh, and also the uh, there was another looper I remember later, but I saw I, I started seeing people using that. But then when the line six came out, um, I discovered its looping function and started using that as kind of a scratch pad. So, but looping for me once once you're able to put something down and listen to it and then add another thing to it, it's actually really easy as a solo artist to to improvise in that way because you're just responding to what you put down you know you put down something and you're listening to that and then you're mm-hmm. like, oh i think it needs this now and it's kind of like a pottery or something you know like meditative 
Yeah, very much so. You just kind of you go into a zone, and again, you it's all about listening. So especially if you're improvising and you're just listening to the thing that you put down, and you're like, oh, I like that. Oh, I think this will go. Over. Oh, yeah, and then we could add this. We could add this. You know, so it's actually not that. Uh, it's actually more easier, you know, than necessarily jamming with somebody else because you know you're at the whim of like different ideas, and you kind of have right. to uh, be cooperative in that way. Um, but yeah, so yeah, to answer that question, I think it's it's a little bit easier, um, and and I'm just used to it. Uh, <laughs> but hey, yeah, uh, but the you, you were asking about the the app as well. Yeah, because you developed a WhatsApp, and I found that to be extremely charming. I was like, that's brilliant. Uh, what? <laughs> 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 I was like, I see yeah. what you did there. What were the? What were the? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you been, have you been playing with that over the course of the year like how did that go what was that experience like oh for with the app yeah uh create creating it yeah um yeah it was it's it's been a um it, it, you know it's it an idea that i had in my head for a, a long time um and you know, I wanted, to, I guess what it was, it started with, you know, I used to use, it's funny, I went down kind of memory lane last night and I was looking at Vimeo and how I used to use Vimeo. And basically Instagram is what I was doing on Vimeo when mm -hmm. Vimeo first started. Um, and uh, and then shortly thereafter, Tumblr. Mm -hmm. So it was just, it was just a chronological feed of experiences mm -hmm. and um, and, or like little, you know, dumb pieces. So it, to me, that's all it was. It's just a record of those types of things. And, uh, and that was really fun. You know, on Vimeo, it was really fun because it was just basic. There were no ads. It was just put up your stuff. And the same thing with Tumblr. It's like, just put up your stuff. And, and it's simple. Um, and then, you know, when Instagram came along, of course, it wasn't owned by Facebook. Right. And I fell, in, I, I fell out of favor with Facebook relatively early on, like, I think it was maybe like eight years ago, mm -hmm. I stopped using Facebook um, because I just, I got tired of it constantly changing all the time. Mm -hmm. And then like the ads and it just was a user interface nightmare. It's just like really just garbage. That's and so, uh, so I just got off. Yeah. What's that? I find Facebook to be fatiguing. What was that? It's just like, it makes me like anytime I open it, I'm immediately like overwhelmed and tired. And so I don't use it. Yeah, it's uh, it's um, it's a weird. It, it's just I, you know, well, I understand what it is. It's just like they just want to keep your attention, you know, at all costs, and so they keep changing things around and you know, adding features and doing this, and then like finding an upstart, you know, that's doing something really cool socially and buying them and adding that in there. It's just like a big Frankenstein of of terribleness, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> Yep. And, you know, so I, I, I became disenfranchised with it pretty early. So I stopped and, you know, then I, then IG came along and I was like, oh, this is so cool. It's got these filters, you know, for, for photographs and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And, uh, and I really loved it. And again, I could just do things chronologically, you know, I could just go to someone's feed and just scroll down and go, oh, this is great. Or you're, whoever you're following, you just see the photos as they're posting yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. And it was, and it was simple and it was great. They didn't need to fix it. There was nothing that needed fixing. Um, and then Facebook acquired it. And then of course, not too long after it just turned into a shopping mall. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, and just destroyed the idea of what Instagram was. Uh, and um, yeah, and so I guess through all of those experiences, I just got tired of these, you know, these limited platforms because there there's really only a few platforms that you can use that are kind of social and popular enough to, you know, gain a lot of people to look at your stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I want to be able to control the aesthetics. I want to be able to control as much as I can. So why not make my own app? And um, and so that's what I did. I had it in my mind for uh, many years because I, you know, I just didn't know how, how do you make an app? You know, <laughs> it was just like this alien concept. It's like, you know, there's an app, it's on a phone, everyone's got a phone and like these apps, they seem impossible to, you know, it takes a giant company to make an app. Um, and then I started inquiring and my friend, uh, Sasha Markov, who's this genius, um, creative, uh, creative, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I guess he creative executive. Is that what you call them in advertising? Uh, uh, I like that my brain was like going through a Rolodex of words. I'm like, none of those are right. None of those. <laughs> I'm like yeah, I know. director, of them are right. connector, coordinator. Yeah, like... like, yeah a creative. Uh, anyways, <laughs> whatever. It's creative director, maybe creative director. Um, Anyways, but she she knew this woman who's an amazing designer, and uh, and then we started hanging out and you know designing the app and what we wanted and so forth. And then she suggested a company to work with that could develop the app, and uh, you know, and then we got to the cost, and the cost was crazy. You know, it was like one hundred and ninety thousand dollars for for an app, and yep. and and that's apparently how much they cost, you know, or it can cost. And but I was thinking more like, you know, thirty grand. and uh and uh yeah i was like i don't know and then i then sasha was just like no i think we can i think we can find something and then she talked to this woman who knew this guy um oliver thomas klein who's this uh brit who's living in vancouver and he's a coder programmer designer guy and so i got in touch with him and he was like oh i could totally make the app no problem for that amount of money and so he made the app um, and yeah, so we, you know, went through different stages. It's still being um, developed, uh, but it's out now on iOS and Android. And uh, yeah, and it's just, it's just a place where I put my videos. There's no, there's no social element to it. There's no, you can't uh, interact with it, <laughs> but there is a, so you, it's just like a, like an art gallery, I guess you go there right. and there are photographs and videos and things you can check out. And then there's uh, a store where I sell all my kind of old electronics and things and um, kind of like my own Craigslist, I suppose. And then there, there, there are other features that I haven't been using, but, uh, but I will use there's like geolocational, um, I guess, uh, geolocation specific, geolocational specific uh, media. So I can, you know, pin a piece of media to a specific location in order to experience it. and for instance, if I, you know, pinned it on a, I don't know, some weird building or something in downtown LA, and then you have to go there. Um, and once you arrive there, then you can unlock the piece of media. Oh so, my God, that's going to be so much fun in the aftertimes. Yes, I know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's going to be great. That, that's like, going to be really fun. We can go outside. That's going to be so exciting. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. 
so you know that's that's like those are some fun things and and also there's live streaming as well so um you know i'm going to be using those things but uh in the meantime i'm making a um uh, another app for myself to be able to upload media and things much more easily because right now it's kind of convoluted the way i have to upload mm -hmm. stuff to the app mm -hmm. so um this will be a direct conduit so i'll be able to use it it'll be like using instagram or something for me for my app mm -hmm. Um, so, so that's basically it. I wanted a, a place to bring people, uh, to see my stuff and I will do like a lot of original programming and original shows and eventually be, you know, doing live streams of shows and things like that. Um, so I'll be kind of like my own, it's my own multimedia channel, um, essentially, cool. and no one has to worry about being tracked. No, we're not going to track anybody. <laughs> oh, God, and, yeah. <laughs> you know any of that garbage and uh, and eventually it'll be available on you know on the crypto side as well using web3 so we'll be um I, kind of like into the future the distributed future as well because i want the i'm my my belief is that the future is distributed it's all these advertising models they're going to they won't die but um i i hope that they become less relevant because right. advertising doesn't work just you know it's like if Facebook's if if these things want to figure out a solution to their problems, it's just just get rid of advertising and just make or make it two tier like YouTube does with YouTube Premium. Right. YouTube right. with that, you know, I'll gladly pay money not to be tracked and to just have direct contact to the experiences I want to see. Um, and you know, it just makes more sense. If there was an IG that was like had a subscription, you know, that would. That would be amazing, um, but I don't think they're going to do that. So, in the meantime, you just subvert all that jump and just kind of leapfrog into the next thing, which is just a distributed internet, and all you need is a Web three browser and or an app that has a gateway to those mm -hmm. experiences, and you make direct pur purchases. Um, you know, in, in what I like to call, which I'm sure other people have called, the direct economy. Mm -hmm. So. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so that we're just we're just paying for things that directly have value to us between each other, and we don't have to worry about a, a middle person or advertisers, you know, uh, tracking data and you know all of that stuff. So I'm really excited about that. So that's kind of what my app is. It was very very extra long winded. <laughs> you sparked so many ideas in my brain. Um, when you're talking about like the direct model. I was seeing today that people keep posting their like Spotify unwrapped and things like that of all the all the songs that they've streamed and then artists are posting things like thank you for listening to this many of my song streams. Um, but like you said, there's that intermediary force that is Spotify, which on one hand it's wonderful to discover new artists on Spotify. I totally do. But then I go and I find them to have a more purposeful experience with their music if I really like it. Then I'm like, oh, are they live streaming? Can I tip them? Can I buy their music somewhere? Can I like, nice. I want to, it's like, it's like bringing purpose back to that relationship with an artist. And it sounds like with your app, you're able to do that because you're curating a purposeful experience. And also people are not then dealing with advertisements. They're not dealing with another platform. There's, it's direct there's no other steps in the way there and i really like that yeah oh that's 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 great i yeah i think it's just i think it's not i mean it, it's kind of like you know in the early days of the internet i remember some band you know recording an album and selling it directly off a website and no one had ever done that before and they like they i don't know they made like something like a hundred grand or something 
you know, oh like, like directly to them because, <laughs> you know, that. each unit back then was like, you know, 10, 12 bucks. Yeah, 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 to know? buy a CD. Yeah, and they had a good following and people just bought the CD from them directly. So they just made all that money. So like why, it doesn't make any sense to like give up all of that, you know, essentially if you're very popular on Instagram or what have you, and people are following you and they're, you know, they're engaging in all these various ways and, and Facebook is measuring and capturing all of that data, that behavioral data, and then using that in their algorithmic models to, you know, hit every person, like every person, essentially they have a file on everybody, essentially. Yep. And so there's a behavioral uh, psychological file on every single person. And they're using those files against all, not against, but, you know, however you want to look at it, but they're just using those different files for people on that site to enhance and further, you know, get them going down the rabbit hole um, in those experiences. And, and at the same time, it's like, well, well, why all that garbage? Like, worry, like, why worry about all that garbage when you can just have a direct experience with somebody and it's much more personal and you know you're not being tracked and you're this you're just there willingly you know there's, yeah. there's nothing there to, to trap you other than do you like this person and what they make right <laughs> okay great do you like what this person made yeah and they're selling it yeah sure then just buy it directly from them yeah. oh, okay cool like that's so so much easier than all that other garbage it's so interesting as you're talking about this because i just started getting into i interviewed the artist hana and I just started getting into like watching more Twitch streams because my mixer has been live mixing on Twitch. Um, nice. Yeah, which has been really cool uh, because then I get to sit in on my mix sessions. And since we can't be in the same room, um, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> Thank you for broadcasting. Um, yeah. It's cool to see people engaging purposefully within almost like micro artistic communities. And it kind of reminds me of like the early days of the internet. Like it reminds me of like being in AOL chat rooms and trading like Tori Amos bootlegs and then like being on live journal and like sending each other playlists and making mixtapes and like things like that. Like people are engaging in a way where there's more purpose behind it and there's more intention instead of just like the fire hose of music, which like I think it's great that there's so much music out there, but sometimes it does have that effect of just like, I don't know how to value this because I don't really know how to engage with it individually, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm completely with you. It's like, uh, you know, it's like point of purchase, you know, at a, at a cashier stand, you know, it's just like, it's a bunch of stuff and it's just coming at you and it's got colors and yeah. sensations and you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. And it's definitely, I've definitely discovered music through algorithmia, but uh <laughs> But there's, it's just nice. I think that it's better when music is in uh, an installation, like a, or sorry, a constellation mm. universal pattern, like, you know, a gravitational centers, you know, like suns and star systems and um, galaxies and things like that. I think it's nicer when you can like travel to a galaxy and discover a cluster of, you know, um, things that are like scenes, you know, like when you're, yeah. when you, you know, you know, you're, you're cruising around and you go to some night or whatever and it's featuring a bunch of bands and they're all like friends and they're in a scene and you're like oh this is cool oh and then there's this band and this band I think that's much more organic to discover music that way and algorithms are another avenue but they shouldn't be the main thing to me it should be a well-balanced diet of yeah you know play something see what you discover like oh who's that oh that's crazy oh yeah they nailed that one I really like yeah. this band and I would have never heard of them if it weren't for this algorithm 
but then also put in the work and go and check out bands in the scene or you know go to their their apps or their sites like you were talking about and then kind of see the bands that they promote and you know so on and so forth so i don't know i think both can live in in the same world but uh you know the algorithms are obviously you know they're they're just the focus right now because that's where the money is for i was gonna say they're they're the most lucrative for the companies but not necessarily the artists no not at all and we hear complaints about it all the time and that's why I'm hoping that, you know, we're able to, or that, you know, hopefully my, my app model can be uh, kind of a template, you know, uh, yeah. like a square space for, for apps, um, <laughs> and for, for, for artists, you know, so that we can have a reasonably priced app that's like really basic and you can add features on top of it. But um, just to like get other artists out there to have control over their own media and have it direct uh you know economical relationship with their with their fans and fans will i think fans are going to love it they're 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 just going to be like oh this is great i just get to be in this person's world and they can and then that artist can promote another person's app yeah you know, and and so on and so forth so you get this like cool group of apps and and you know and hopefully that catches on and you know and everything's kind of distributed and no one owns any of that shit and you know everyone's in charge of their own worlds and you get to visit people's worlds and they get to organize them any way they want um and i think that that's much it's just like going over to people's houses you know or someone's nightclub or you know it feels more personal and um and intimate than you know, Instagram, where yeah. it's all addiction, you know, which it's all definitely like fragmented. Is, yeah. Yes. It's very fragmented. That's, that's a perfect word for it. It, it, you know, you go there and you're like, Oh, uh, st-, you know, it's like, it's the, the problem that I have with most of these social platforms, which is, uh, they, they're, they're, they're only they're I think they're only, they're basically only five things you can put up, you know, for human beings to consume, which is audio, video photos words um i think that's kind of it but uh <laughs> so, so so you have you have those you have those things and essentially it's all the same shit over and over again but just in different ratios yeah so ig isn't any different than facebook facebook isn't different than tumblr essentially and tumblr isn't different you know like all of these they but how they they repackage things is mm-hmm. really what that's that's the that's the difference so for facebook and instagram they're like packaging it like oh here's a new feature and right. it's like oh it's, you mean it's just words you can like write <laughs> words in a different way yeah here's the new feature what's this other new feature oh now it's called stories yeah. and you can just put these like little tiny they're different formats of videos they're like different lengths and they're in a different spot on the app and you click on that it's like isn't that the same thing as me just posting a video on my main feed yeah but it's different because it's stories and stories they just kind of like go one after another and we've reformatted the same shit you know to make it seem new and exciting and so oh it's like, how many God. ways are you going to chop up the salad? <laughs> my mom calls them, by the way, for her birthday a few years ago. I I gave my mom Instagram so she could follow my sister and see all the photos of her granddaughters. Um, but she didn't quite super get how to use it. And so she asked me what was wrong that um, all the pictures were disappearing. And I was like, what do you mean? Um, it's because she was watching my sister's stories. But she didn't understand, and she thought she was doing something wrong, that they were like yes. vanishing. 
<laughs> and she was just like, but why did they go away? And I was like, no, 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 those are temporary pictures. And the other ones are like more permanent pictures. And my mom was just like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> like uh, I, I know, I know. You're like, well, why, why, you know, and it's in a weird way. I wonder if it was like a con scheme, you know, by the, uh, uh, you know, by the, by you know, by the companies to, to be, well, I mean, I guess it came from, what was it? Uh, Snapchat was doing that. Yeah. 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 Whatever. But, but in a weird way, it's actually really helpful to those companies because they get to, um, you know, there's media, but their servers don't have to hold on to that data. Yes. You know, so the data ends up, you know, being deleted you know over time so in a weird way it's just a data management scheme oh, you know, and so it gets- though um your stories are archived on insta and that was a huge thing when snapchat first came out was whether they were actually holding oh, on right. hearing data because a lot of people originally were using snapchats to like send nudes oh that's right that's right that's right well you know it's a problem <laughs> you, when you use a service and uh yep. you know and it's and it's and it's just the corporate forces get a hold of it um yep. But yeah, oh I love that somehow this conversation went to Snapchat nudes. I'm like, good job, Pam. How'd you get here? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> now we got to talk about uh, what was it? Uh, what was that? Uh, uh, what was it? That one? That one thing that was out for a second? It was a chat roulette. Oh my god, I remember that. That was terrifying. Yeah. That was pretty much like, do you want to go on an internet site where you can just get like just flashed by people and so many people were like yeah yeah i'm down yeah of course of course they were down i mean it was you know in a way i kind of appreciated it because it was like it was pretty honest and you you and you know when you hit space bar to go to the next thing i was like you're never going to see that again right, you know, mo- right most likely so so it's just like oh no i don't want to see that oh that's interesting oh no i don't want to see that i don't want to see that and there's like something kind of really cool about that because it's you know, I, I liked it. It was very pure in a way, and you know, obviously not for little kids or things like that. But 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 you know, as an adult, you know, watching that, I felt like it was more punk rock than <laughs> you know than many of the things that we have now, which are all like, oh, I can't show that. No, can't do that. No, you can't show that. No, that's art. I understand, but we can't have that. And and I'm like, you know what? That that sucks. <laughs> you know, it's just like. <laughs> you know oh my god i'd forgotten all about that website yeah like the relationship yeah. also just like what you post and why like i found that so interesting when you were talking about your app because you are creating your own it's like you created your own residency for yourself online and i'm like that's super cool because you also do like a million and 12 things um and so then you can present them together instead of being like well this goes on my curated feed and this goes in my stories and then this is better as a tweet and like they all yes. are having these like weird social niches and you're just like here's my stuff kablam <laughs> yeah yeah you're like just come here just here's my room just come into my room check this out here's my record collection here are the posters you know like I like relating it to like human terms like that, as opposed to like, okay, well, I'm just going to run down the hall and go to my little tweet place. Okay. (laughs) Now I'm going to run to the kitchen and I'm going to do my other thing. And and now I'm going to go outside to the apple tree and I'm going to do, you know, like. I'm going to go on cottage core. (laughs) Yeah. Cottage core. We're going to go cottage core. We're going to call, you know, Taylor Swift and we're going to, you know, like it's, it's just, it's after a while, it just gets tiresome. I mean, I only use Twitter and Instagram really. Um, you know, I try, I looked at Snapchat and I'm like, 
no, another slice of the pizza. Um, <laughs> you know, TikTok, I'm like, yeah, I get it. These like short snippets of dance, but again, it's just kind of ultimately kind of dumb, um, you know, in, in the pure sense of that word. It's just kind of like, I don't know. A lot of these things, they, they take these micro niches and they really kind of amplify them. Yeah. And uh, like these tiny slices of like media occurrences. And again, it's the same stuff, but they'll change the duration. So it's like, oh, no, this is about really short clips. And <laughs> oh, and then we put some some AI filters and like, oh, OK, AI filters, short clips. Oh, that's cool. And like, you know, and so, yeah, we've diced up the salad a different way. And like, oh, that's fresh. I'm going to you know hit that. <laughs> but but really, like you should be able to control however you want to present your media anyways. Right. So. If you want to do like short videos, then just be able to post short videos. If you want to pour, you know, put like a series of short videos, then just edit a bunch of short videos together using tools on an app or whatever. But it should allow you to do whatever you want and present yourself any way that you want, as opposed to being uh, held to the aesthetics of whatever service you're using. Whereas like Instagram is just looks like a piece of shit. You know, it's like there's all these like <laughs> circles everywhere and like things to click on and like numbers and no, letters. It, it no, just, it's literally a store. Like so many people yeah, are migrating from the platform because they're like, they're like, wait, you replace like the home feed button with literally like a shopping button? Like Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's what's going to kill them. I think they're going to die because of this. I mean, you know, those types of models are going to die because of that. Because once someone cracks that distributed model and people are able to just start jumping on these apps that are completely owned by um, artistic entities, like I think that's going to change. And then, and then just regular people will be able to do that too. So they'll just be a huge distributed social network. And uh, um, yeah, and you'll be able to visit anybody and they'll all be able to interconnect uh, willingly, like just like a handshake system. And then there won't be any need for advertising. There won't be any need for any of that stuff because people are just going to be doing it themselves um, the way the internet was always supposed to be. I was going to say, I was like, this makes me nostalgic for like original internet. Um, and I was, yeah. thinking, <laughs> I was thinking like when you were saying that they all can be connected, it struck me that like they did reopen the set, they are testing everyone. And I was thinking like, gosh, it's so important to do the jobs you're doing because people want to connect. People want stories. People want art. Like people want all those things because they give them meaning. And so it's like, how do you get that to people and right now we just yeah. have these like terrible apps <laughs> and oh, I'm yeah like, i know yeah <laughs> it's like how do you get that meaning to people and how do you foster those connections particularly now when we're all like cool 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 we're all cottage core now <laughs> i know yeah i know it's totally true well you know people and you know people have gotten you know they've gotten hooked they've gotten addicted and you know, and I'm a victim of that too. You know, I'll spend hours on YouTube, um, uh, but you know, or even like Instagram. I'll I'll get I'll try. You know, like when it first loads up and you get all those like you know when you go to your search thing and you mm -hmm. see all these like extra things that are all al algorithmically curated for you to to check out. I just I've gotten good at not looking at it. You know, like just getting to where I need to go without getting distracted most of the time. That's tough. Um, not gonna lie. It's tough. Yeah, it's like my, I have an ability of not seeing banner ads either, you know, like I, I try to get browsers that get rid of that shit anyways, but like, I, I just don't see the advertisements. I see something flashing and I just kind of quickly scroll to hide it and oh, then continue wow. reading, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, I, I don't need any of that shit and uh, no one else does either. But, um, you know, there, there needs to be a, you need, people need to know that they're willingly participating in something, you know, as opposed to mindlessly. Um, 
being well, kind of mindlessly programmed to be interested in things. And, you know, I think that once people notice that difference, when they feel that difference, they'll be like, yeah, actually this is better. It's not like people are dying to, you know, it's like, I really need meaning in my life by having people throw advertisements at me. That's the way I define who I am. Like no one's naturally that way. It's just the advertisers have, have just worked out all the psychological angles to keep people interested in things. And not to say that advertising isn't, isn't necessarily evil. It's just, I mean, humans have been advertising since humans have become conscious. Right. Um, you know, you got to try these berries. They're really delicious. You know? <laughs> like, I don't trust you. And then some of the guys like, you got to try these berries. Oh, I like this person. I think I'll try those berries. Now. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that, that has a, that guy. Those berries might not be poisonous question mark. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Less, less, less likelihood of being poisoned by this person's recommendation. <laughs> yes. you, you know, that's always been around. So I'm not like, I'm definitely not one of those people that's just like ah, downward advertising. I'm just, it should be like, whatever is being advertised to you should be something that's actually relevant to you. Right. Um, and the algorithms sometimes, you know, sometimes they hit the mark, but but they also don't a lot of times. And it feels like a robot. So uh, yes. it's, it's not easy to trust it because I'm like, uh, you know, like whenever I see an ad on, on Instagram, I always mark it as spam. Um, almost always like spam or some other like thing mm -hmm. or like inappropriate mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, and just kind of move on because uh, I don't want to contribute to their you know, whatever it is, you know, and it's probably not even doing anything, but at least <laughs> it feels good. Well, um, you're on there to connect. Like, that's the thing is that like, I don't go on Instagram so that I can look at ads. I go on it so that I can be like, oh, what are my musician friends up to? What are some of the photographers I follow up to? It's like, I want to, I want to connect with people and I want to connect with their art. And I know that some of that lives on Instagram. Yes, exactly. And so it's like, that's what I'm going for. And so I don't, you know, I'm sure there must be someone out there that's going on it to shop. Um, I don't know them, but they might be out there. Um, but it's like... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're like, if people are like, you know, well then, you know, get a Sears catalog. You know, or, you yeah, know, it's just shop? like Instagram shopping. That? Yeah. It's like, like what's Instagram? <laughs> what's say again? I was like, have a separate thing for it. Cause yeah, it's really funny though. Like, as you said that they do try and like profile you. It's funny to me at least to see like what the internet thinks that I want. Um, because right. um, it's sometimes just wildly inaccurate though. I do think it's funny that during this time I've gotten more ads for coordinated cashmere loungewear. <laughs> Like, the internet wants me to wear coordinated cashmere loungewear like really hard wow it's really That's... funny and I'm like what what and I'm so curious like I want to know what it is I've put out there that they're like this lady that's what she wants like it's really specific yeah. and multiple companies over the last few weeks that have been like really targeting me and I'm just like what about me screams that I mean, it looks really comfy, not going to lie, but like, what, what, what are we going off of here? <laughs> like, I think, yeah, it must be, they're just like, they're just like, well, she's a lady. Uh-huh. Like, I think that's what it sounds like to me. They're just like, well, she's a lady of a specific age range and that's what this, you know, company designed them for. So we'll just put out a blanket you know ad advertisement scheme it's really for, funny because like i don't know my age on a lot of things and so for a while i kept getting like 
college ads because I guess looking at my photos, if you do analyze my face, I look like I'm around college age. I happen to not be. Um, yeah. But like that was really funny. So I was like, oh, they think I'm really young. Then I started getting stuff for like engagement and cats. So then they're like, maybe they think I'm sad and single. Um, and now, uh, now they're like, oh my God, we don't know how old you are. But like, do you want to be comfortable? <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that. Oh, I love that. That's so like, beautiful. There's like a whole alternate like avatar of me living in these advertisements. It's like, I don't know what she's doing. Maybe she's like getting another degree and like had a broken engagement and now just needs to like lounge. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I don't know. Do you have any do you have any parting words I guess for the audience about ways to manage doing multiple things during um I don't know, the medium okay apocalypse? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean I think a lot of it is you know you have to take time for yourself and really you know take take this period of t take this period of time as an opportunity to to learn more about yourself and to get in touch with yourself you know which is always going to be your most important relationship and uh and that's definitely something i've been working on and to various degrees of success but um <laughs> it, it it's kind of it, it starts there and really listening to yourself and what you really need um and what makes you feel healthy and healthful yeah. um and adventurous and you know, because that's the fuel source that you got to draw from to even get inspired to do the things you want to do. Um, so you got to take care of the core engine first. So this is kind of like a downtime to do some maintenance on that. Um, not meaning that you can't be productive while you're doing that. Of course, you can be, but um, it, it's just a to me, it's a it's an opportunity to figure out what's important to you and uh, and what you really care about and what you want to contribute to the world and how you want to make it a better place. So that's that's kind of what I, I focus on that kind of keeps me on track, even even on the sad days. <laughs> oh, well, and I like that a lot. So then when we do re-enter the world again, it's like we can do it with more purpose. Like we can take kind of what we learned here to be like, hey, do we need to do everything the same way? Probably not. Um, right. <laughs> exactly. Some things differently and that'll be really cool. Yes, exactly. Oh, well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Oh, yeah, my pleasure. I loved visiting. Thank you again for listening to this episode of Why Not Both. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to like us and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform. You can also come hang out with us on social media. We are at WNB the podcast, both on Instagram and on Twitter. This season, we are brought to you by Under the Radar magazine. Under the Radar is a nationally distributed print, music, and entertainment magazine and website. You can find them at www.undertheradarmag.com and feel free to support them on Patreon. Extra special thanks to our producer, Laura Studeris, who is literally a rock star. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you next episode. Thank you.